when we go to Kidung, we were attacked by a government. Mm. Yeah, some people were rescued, some were not rescued, and even me, I wasn't rescued. They were shooting and we were running, and I was in the middle where the commanders were. So we were, they were running together with me, pushing us to go, and they were shooting back. So when we escaped that fight, that ambush, from there they started training us how to use gun, how to shoot, and they were giving us to kill people because they said when you kill someone, you'll be having that art of fighting, yeah. you'll be strong. And their plan was to take us to Sudan, go on and go and meet Kuni. Okay. That was what they were saying that we are going to meet. I'm going to meet their boss. You can you can move. You can you may only spend only one night. Mm. The rest will be moving. My feet were all swollen, but you move because you are seeing how they are killing your people. They have killed my sister, so you move. So we are moving like that. I was left with my my elder brother and one of my sister. Then from there they started forcing us to move, and that's why they killed my my brother and my sisters because they tried to escape. With other people, not only them, they tried to escape. So when one soldier saw them, one rebel saw them, shout, some are running away. So they ran and catch them. So they are shot. For me, I escaped. I escaped when we were about to reach Sudan. When we entered into ambush and there was throwing bomb. There was throwing bomb. Their aim was to take us to Sudan so that Konyi will now put us to be Israel soldier. I escaped when they were shooting. We were about to reach Sudan. They were shooting. We were entering into an ambush while the government was shooting people. They were throwing a bomb. So for me, they threw a bomb near me. So I fell and some some leaves of the of the tree fell on me and some trees fell on me yeah so, so people were running and for them they also ran and passed me i just fell unconscious so everyone left me even the government after destroying the they rescue other people me i was left because no one see me and they thought i was dead so i was just there lying that was a night until in the morning when it was coming in the morning hours I wake because it was cold and I started feeling pain and when I wake I look at around me there was no one so I started running just like that I was running anywhere was still within Kitgum I reached a garden then those people in the garden they saw me they also ran away yeah when they saw me they ran away and I was shouting don't run help me help me no one they ran away I move again to another garden there when I met a man. So that man ran away, but when I shout, he decided to come back. Yeah, so when he came back, then he started asking me where I came from, and I started crying. He asked my father, started crying. As my mother, started crying. So he decided to help me. When he took me to his place, everyone ran, all our family members ran away, because they were fearing that they may come and kill them. But when we were there, they were telling us if we come back, the government soldiers will kill us. Mm. That's what they used to say. Uh, it's called Okot Walter. I spent one night at his place. So when he took his home, he gave me water, I asked for water. 
and drink, give me water for bathing and go and bed. Yeah, he give me food. Then later started asking me. And I started telling him that my people were killed. I'm alone. Then he said he should take me to the to barracks. I first refused, then say no. Let me take you, they may help you. So he took me to Pajule Barak. They welcomed me, the soldiers, they welcomed me. So they put me to wait the commander to come and talk to me. Then from there I, I escaped. Because when I heard that they are going to bring a commander, I say, ah, this boy will kill me. No, they were telling us that they will kill me. So I was also having that fear in my heart that once they saw me or they talked to me, they will kill me. So I have to run away from there. I was just staying in our in. I find a home, I stay, I left. I find a home, I stayed, I was moving like that until I reach, uh, till I reach a day and I met a friend of mine. That boy used to know me. He used to be a friend to my elder brother. Mm. So when he saw me, he called me. So from there, he took me to his place and told the parents that I'm with this guy, he's my, I'm the friend to the brother. So I was staying with them. Okay. We used to go and do farm work, help the parents, just like that. Mm. So when I came to my village, people in the village used to laugh at me and my, my uncles chased me away that I'm a rebel, I cannot stay with them. So I decided to come to town and start living in town. In town, life was very hard. I started living on streets. I was a street boy. I used to steal people's things so that we get money to eat. Until one day, where I was sleeping in someone's veranda called, called Baka. Baka found me sleeping on his veranda. At first, he chased me. Then the following day, he came and found me again. When he chased me, I told him that I'm the one guarding your place, protecting it so that thieves cannot steal what's in your place. So the third day he came and found me, then he asked me where I come from. Then I told him that I have no parents, I have no one to go to. So he decided to take care of me as his, his child. He started training me on mechanics and welding, that way I get the knowledge. I learned how to do welding and mechanics. In 2007, 2008, Baka decided that he going to close his workshop because he's now tired. But I told him to let me run his machines and the place so that I continue doing the work. So in 2014, I started the workshop, a welding workshop. And I started moving on streets, calling other street children to come and learn the skills from me. I also go to ladies who do prostitution to tell them to stop the prostitution and they learn some skills so they can stand on their own. And I started going to the villages. Other friend of mine that we were together with them in the bush and their home now I started talking to them, bringing them to learn skills from my center. And now I'm training youth and the youth that I'm helping, that I've helped them now there are like 100 youth that have transformed their life. Both the street children who are affected and the school youth, those who have left the school. And I brought them to learn some skill. And now uh, Mr. Baka is planning. Is, he, Mr. Baka told me that he want to close that place and start doing another thing. So I have to leave the place 
and now I'm stuck. I'm looking for money to get a new place. I've gotten a place from Peche P7 school in Gulu where they say I should rent and I'm renting it. But now I'm looking for money to maintain Mr. Baker's place and Peche also. Uh, in Peche there is no power because right now I, I, I lied on I light on only welding where I do people's work and welding need power. So in Peche there is no power and I'll be lacking some other machines because the machines for Mr. Baker will be taken by him. So I lack those machines and Peche has no power. So my school will be disturbed and the youth will suffer because the money to feed them and the money to maintain them will not be there. Lako's story provided important lessons for us all on how to overcome adversity to succeed. Thank you very much for listening to the New Vision podcast. You can download more podcasts and share with your friends at www.newvision.co.ug. You've been listening to the New Vision podcast. New Vision, New Vision, covering the whole world.